This is the Berman Method podcast featuring Dr. Jake Berman and physician assistant Jenny Berman. We are here to treat problems and not symptoms. Disclaimer, this podcast is for entertainment purposes only and not to treat anyone or to give medical advice. If you are interested in any information that we are giving and would like to use this for yourself, we recommend that you contact your primary care physician or reach out to us and ask us questions about yourself specifically. Enjoy. And we are rolling, 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 and we're back at it. The Berman Method Mythbusters series. We had a lot of good feedback off of our first Mythbusters. That was fun, wasn't it? Yeah, I like it. Yeah, we are throwing the corporate medical system under the bus running them over frontwards, back and back over them backwards, and run them back over forward again. Wow. The Berman Method Podcast, treating problems, not symptoms. Yeah. (laughs) Happy Monday to everyone out there. Yes, Monday, your first chance at getting it right. Let's do it. All right. Love it. Yeah, so jumping back into Mythbusters, are you going first or me this time? I, I don't care. Ladies first. You go first this time. Okay. Right. Hold on. Oh. In case you didn't hear last week's episode, what we're doing is we're debunking the most common myths that the corporate medical world wants you to believe is true. I'm doing one from my world. Jenny's doing one from her world every single episode, and we're just going to bang out as many as we can to, again, throw the corporate world under the school bus and run them over, baby. Or... Just to educate. Or to get people to ask questions. Just ask questions. questions. We had a good intro on that last episode. You should be asking questions. Is this right for me? Is this wrong for me? Good. Right. So my myth of the day, sodium is the devil. Sodium. Do not eat sodium. Count your sodium. Salt is bad. Sodium is bad. Is it not? (laughs) (laughs) Busted. So, no, sodium is not bad. Actually, our body needs sodium. We need sodium and potassium to be balanced within our system for our cells to function appropriately. Our brain needs sodium. Our muscles need sodium. Our body needs sodium. It needs the right type of sodium. Going out and eating... Should I talk about McDonald's again? Oh my goodness, really? (laughs) Going out and eating processed proteins, red meat, frozen foods, probably not the best options for you. And yes, at the end of the day, if you're doing that for every single meal, your sodium level from a processed standpoint of sodium is going to be way too high. It's going to be up towards 3000 milligrams of sodium, which is too much and the wrong type of sodium. With that being said, though, cardiologists will tell their patients, you cannot eat sodium. Sodium is bad. You need to be at 1,500 milligrams of sodium a day and count everything. Really watch your sodium levels. But they're not talking about where is sodium coming from? What's the right types of sodium? If you're eating an Archer beef stick, which has 300 milligrams of sodium in it, it's okay. 
that's not going to push you over the limit. That's not going to be the type of sodium that is going to affect your heart function and your heart rate in your brain. But patients come in so afraid to eat any type of sodium. If a label says it has 200 milligrams of sodium in it, they're afraid to eat it. And that's not the problem. It's not the sodium that is the problem for your heart. It's the saturated fats. It's the simple sugars. It's the sugar that's causing an inflammatory response within your system, which is creating lipid values and creating the body to hold on to cholesterol, which is an inflammatory marker. So let me just dumb this down even more. Are you saying that it's not the sodium that's killing you. It's usually that if you're eating that much sodium, you're also eating this other crap, saturated fats. Sugar. Sugar. That's exactly So right. that's why the sodium becomes problematic is because of all the other shit that you're putting in your pie hole. Right. And I think I need to back up a little bit. I think I was saying 3,000 grams of sodium. I meant milligrams. But anyways, maybe nobody caught that. But yes, you're correct that if you are eating the things that are causing in the cardiologist world sodium levels to go so high and to be so bad, it's really the other factors of those meals that are the problem. The saturated fat. Saturated fat is the bad fat. So we're looking at red meats, fried foods, coconut oils, processed oils oils, preservatives are going to have more of the saturated fat, bad fat versus unsaturated fat, which is the healthy fat. So the nuts, the seeds, avocados, olive oil, these are healthy fats. But a lot of our processed frozen fast food meals are going to have high saturated fats. They also have a lot of carbohydrates or sugar, simple carbohydrates. If you were on the podcast from last week, we talked about the difference between simple carbs and complex carbs. Simple carbohydrates or sugar is inflammatory. It increases pro-inflammatory cytokines, which are inflammatory markers that cause an inflammatory response to the immune system. They affect the hormones in the brain, the, the chemicals in the brain. They cause a pro-inflammatory cycle within our system. So our body actually holds on to inflammation and cholesterol at the end of the day is inflammation that gets stored inside of our arteries. Holy guacamole. That was a lot. Let me summarize everything and say everything that you just said. Correct me if I'm wrong. I'm dumbing this way down fifth grade reading level. Sodium is not the problem. Sodium is just a bystander because usually when you have high sodium levels, it's because you're eating a lot of other crap. You're eating a lot of saturated fats and sugars. Those two things create a ton of inflammation, and the inflammation is really the problem that right. we're looking at, and the sodium is not even the lowest hanging fruit. Correct. Screw looking at your sodium levels. Why don't you look at that shit that you're putting in your pie hole, that fried food and tons of steak every single night and... Yes. Sugar, 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 sugar. And that's, you know, this this can be a whole entire podcast on itself because then that leaves me down the rabbit hole of if you're doing, if your sodium levels are, or 
cholesterol values or whatever, the, whatever reason the, the doctor is telling you to eat less sodium because your blood pressure is higher, because your cholesterol values are high, whatever the reason is, it's probably associated with the fact that you're not drinking enough water. So you're extremely dehydrated, which is going to be an issue too. You're not consuming enough fiber. We talked a lot about fiber on the last podcast, but fiber actually helps with reducing the cholesterol values and the inflammation of the heart. So there are so many more factors to what's actually going on from a nutrition standpoint that no doctor is going to take time or effort or the option of not getting reimbursed money-wise to talk to you about. Instead, they're just going to tell you the easy way out, eat less sodium. But that's (laughs) not the issue. Jenny is pissed right now. I wish this was recorded because she has steam coming out of her ears right now. My piss. My cheeks are red. <laughs> I'm sweating. <laughs> but seriously, I mean, the problem is in the corporate medicine world or in the insurance world is there's not enough time or education from the doctor's standpoint to talk to the patient about the nutrition and about the causes for their elevated blood pressure and elevated cholesterol values or the heart disease that they're having or the swelling of their legs, um, the edema. All of these things are the reasons that doctors will tell you to consume less sodium. And sodium is 99% of the time not the issue. I love what you say, what you're saying there, because it's not like the doctors are malicious. They're not doing this because they're trying to do you harm. They just don't have time to do you good. So they're not being malicious. They just don't have time to do you good. And it just blows my mind. How many people go to the doctor who I'm looking at you and I'm going, you are overweight, you are obese. And they go to the doctor and the doctor tells them, yeah, your numbers look good. You could you know, keep the blood pressure down a little bit. See you again next year. It's like, what the heck? Mm. Why didn't that doctor tell them you're fat? Mm-hmm. You are fat. Let's not sugarcoat it because you'll eat that too. Mm-hmm. Right? You're fat. You're overweight. You've got a problem. You are working your way to an early death. But they don't have time to do that. You can't bill your insurance company for saying, yeah, I lectured the patient today on how fat they are and how they're working their way to an early death. You can't get reimbursed for that. So they don't do it. Right. Come to us and we'll do it for you. I agree. Or, you know, to talk to them about what are the other comorbidities with having that much what we call visceral fat or fat around your organs, or you are, you do have blood sugar instability issues. You are overweight and you can't sleep at night because you're consuming carbohydrate, like simple carbohydrates and refined sugars at night. So since you can't sleep at night, let's just put you on a sleeping pill instead of fixing the problem of eating the refined sugar at night. And by the way, you're super healthy. You're fine. Your blood pressure is great. So just take that sleeping pill. Drives me nuts. It's like, what the heck? This person is at least 40 pounds overweight. Mm. They can't sleep. So you're going to give them a sleep medication versus saying, hey, maybe you shouldn't eat that bowl of ice cream before bed. The pretzels, chips. Or maybe you shouldn't get up in the middle of the night and eat some more shit. Right, right. (laughs) So maybe you shouldn't go to breakfast and eat pancakes and fruit with a giant glass of orange juice. That's a problem. (laughs) 
And nobody sees, but the fruit's healthy. It's an antioxidant. <laughs> oh my goodness. So, you know, and a lot of times in our practice, we even recommend electrolytes, which can contain sodium and potassium and magnesium because our cells need it. If we're hydrating appropriately, our cells need sodium. So sodium is not bad. We have to consume the right types of fats for our body, the right types of carbohydrates for our body, really watch our sugar, make sure we're hydrating. It is not the sodium that is causing your heart problems or your leg problems or your sleep issues or your frequent urination. Come ask me more. <laughs> okay. I'm going to get off my soapbox. Wow. So what's your... You're all jacked up there. Myth of the week. <laughs> we're moving up the chain because you told me that we're going to go from toe to head. Today, we're going to talk about the knee. Two things in particular, bone on bone, aka arthritis, and then the other one is meniscus. I'm going to start with meniscus because that one's simple. We're going to get straight to the point. The myth is you have a meniscus tear, so you have to have surgery. You have to have surgery. Yeah. So the myth is if you have a meniscus tear, you have to have surgery. Meh. <laughs> <laughs> There is one and only one case where you have to have surgery for a torn meniscus. And that is when your knee actually locks in place. Not knee pain, not that it hurts to go this direction, hurts to go that direction. It's when your knee locks in place. And that's because the meniscus actually tore off and is floating around your knee joint and then magically gets stuck in a certain place and it is excruciating from what I hear. You cannot straighten it. You can't bend it. You are stuck and it hurts like hell. That's when you have to have surgery. You got to go in there and pull that piece of floating debris out of the knee joint and get on with your life. However, for the nine out of 10 other people that have meniscus tears, guess what? It's a normal part of, of aging. It's normal. You can take a thousand people over the age of 50 who have zero knee pain at all and do an MRI on their knee, and at least 50% of them are going to show some type of meniscus wearing, tearing, whatever. Especially if you are an exerciser, an athlete, or were, were an athlete younger. Yeah. So a meniscus tear does not require surgery unless your knee locks. What you do need to do is you need to go to a qualified rehab specialist like Berman Physical Therapy and get that knee completely straight, pain-free, and make sure the glutes are doing their job so that you're stabilizing the knee joint and not putting excessive pressure on that meniscus injury. Now, I'm not saying you're going to repair it because you're not going to, but what you want to do is you want to take the stress off the knee completely. And that's what we do. So there's tons and tons of research out there. I won't bore you with it. If you're a researcher kind of person, go to, oh my gosh, I'm spacing out right now. Pub, 
PubMed. PubMed. Yeah, go to PubMed and you can research it. And there's tons and tons of quality studies that have come out that look at quality of life of people who have meniscus surgery that chose surgical options versus non-surgical options at six months, 12 months, and two years out. And all of them report higher levels of outcome doing non-surgical quality physical therapy, so not cookie cutter bullshit, than the people that actually had surgery. Right. So go do your research if you want to, or just take my word for it. Okay. Good. And bone-on-bone arthritis. Yep. So moving on to bone-on-bone arthritis. The myth is I have bone-on-bone arthritis. I need to have a knee replacement. There's nothing you can do to help my knee pain. Meh. <laughs> <laughs> Not true. Not true. Bone on bone does not cause pain. Let me say it again. If your knee x-ray shows that you have bone on bone, that does not cause knee pain. It can be correlated with knee pain. However, it does not cause knee pain. And I've given this example multiple times. If I had $100 for every time I gave this example, I think I'd be retired by now over the course of my career. When I was up in Jacksonville, I was working with a patient who just had, I believe it was a right knee replacement. And the first week out of a knee replacement is the worst week. And he's going, man, I'm really not looking forward to having the left knee done. I'm like, why do you need to have the left knee done? And he goes, well, on x-ray, the left knee was worse than the right knee. The left knee was completely bone on bone, but the right knee hurt worse. So we decided, we, him and the orthopedic surgeon, we decided to replace the right knee first. And I'm going, what? And then again, another patient, very similar story. This one was the one that intrigued me the most. They said, yeah, my left knee doesn't hurt at all. But on x-ray, it's completely bone on bone. So we decided to replace the right knee first because it hurts worse. My surgeon said, yeah, you'll eventually need that need to have that left one replaced also. And I'm going, wait a minute, wait a minute, because it kept happening. It wasn't just a fluke. It wasn't just one or two. It was consistent, of course, years of my career. And I'm going, so on x-ray, it says your knee is bone on bone. But you're telling me right now that it doesn't hurt. Now, like, yeah, it doesn't really hurt. The other side hurts a lot. And I'm going, well, wait a minute. If it doesn't hurt, you can't say that bone on bone causes pain. The book might say that. You know, they taught us that in school. When you have bone on bone arthritis, it exposes all the pain receptors and it hurts like hell. Yeah, that's what school says. The surgeon might say that. But in real life application, what my patients were telling me is it's not true. So kind of comes back to what we're talking about with the meniscus, that if we are activating our muscles appropriately, specifically the inner quad and the glutes, then we're deloading the knee. We're taking the pressure off of the knee joint itself, which is then not causing pain. Exactly. 
we first got to answer the question, okay, my knee hurts like hell. My x-ray says I have bone on bone, but you're telling me that the bone on bone is not causing my knee pain. So what's causing my knee pain? Because I know there's a lot of people that are listening to this or are going to listen to this at some point over the next 5, 10, 50 years, however long this (laughs) podcast is out there. They're going to say, well, my x-ray says I'm bone on bone and my knee hurts like hell. So I'm not the one you're talking about. The thing that's causing the pain is not necessarily the bone on bone. It's the system. Call it the system. All of the soft tissue surrounding the system. There's a lot of inflammation surrounding the knee joint, not just the joint itself. And the reason why I say this is because so many times that it's it's unreal how frequently this happens where somebody has a bone-on-bone knee is an excruciating pain, they do go end up having a knee replacement. So now it's not bone on bone anymore. Now it's plastic and metal on plastic and metal, right? Or metal and plastic and metal and plastic. Mm -hmm. So it's technically plastic on plastic. Mm -hmm. But the knee is still an excruciating pain. And we're not talking post-surgical knee pain because we're talking six, 12, even two years down the road. They're like, yeah, I had a knee replacement, but it still hurts like hell. I'm pissed off that I even had the knee replacement to begin with. Well, that's because the bone on bone is not what caused the pain. It's all of the surrounding soft tissues being pissed off because you didn't fix the reason why the knee was bone on bone to begin with. Right. The reason why a knee degenerates is because there's too much Stress on the knee joint. The thing that takes stress, what's pop quiz? What takes stress off of the knee joint? The glutes. The glutes. Oh my goodness. Your buttocks. (laughs) Getting the knee straight with proper glute activation is what takes the stress off of the knee joint. So yeah, you had bone on bone and it hurt like hell. You had a knee replacement. Now you got plastic on plastic and it still hurts like hell. That's because you never got full, true, straight straightness in the knee joint with proper activation of the glute. Now there's so many people that are going to say, yeah, I got my knee completely straight. The PT said I got completely straight. Yeah, okay. My definition of completely straight is come get on my table laying flat, and let me push your knee all the way down to the table, meaning the back of your knee touching the table, and I'm pushing as hard as I can, and you're just laying there going, yeah, that doesn't hurt at all. That's my definition of straight. And if you can't do that, you have 0% chance of ever being at a knee pain. You've got to get the knee straight first. You have to. And that will fix all the problems. No, it won't fix all the problems. It'll fix your pain problem. Right. So pre-surgery, post-surgery, with surgery, no surgery, we have to get the knee straight. Yeah, it doesn't but matter. If you have bone on bone, there is a chance that you do not yet need or ever need a knee replacement. You first need to focus on full extension or straightness of the knee and glute activation. Those are the two most important things. And I will never, ever, ever tell somebody that they need a knee replacement until I give it a valiant effort to try to get the knee straight and I can't. There's only one person in my whole entire career that I've ever worked with 
that I was able to get her knee completely straight and she still ended up having a knee replacement. And the reason why she ended up doing it was because she was loosey-goosey, meaning that she had hypermobility in all of her joints. So that is a recipe for disaster. You have a bone-on-bone knee and you're hypermobile in that knee joint. The only chance that she had at getting out of knee pain was to spend tons and tons of time working on strengthening and stability of the knee joint. And it got to a point where it's like, you know what? This just isn't worth it. You know, your quality of life is going to crap. You're getting older. There's not, there's really not a lot of reasons why we should try to avoid a knee replacement in this particular case. So we talked about and said, yeah, it's in your best interest. Just go chop it off and we'll rehab it, and it was the best decision that she made. But that's one out of thousands. And, you know, this can also go people who don't have knee pain, but their doctors have told them you're bone on bone, you need to have this replaced, question them, say, why do I want to put an artificial limb in my knee that I'm eventually going to have to get replaced again because they don't last forever if I'm not having pain yet or any pain? drives me nuts when orthopedic surgeons say, you're going to eventually need a knee replacement. What the fuck? That's like saying you're eventually going to need a new car. Maybe not. Maybe you take care of the car that you currently have and it lasts forever. Maybe that's what you choose to do. Or maybe you don't change the oil when you're supposed to change it. You drive it like a bat out of hell and you don't take care of it. Yeah, you're going to need a new car. Right. I think that's a great analogy. Right. You're going to need a new car someday. Well, maybe not. Maybe I like this car. Maybe I wish I had my old truck back. (laughs) That was a good truck. It was a good truck if you didn't have children. Yeah, if I didn't have kids, I'd still have that damn truck. Damn you kids. Mm. Cool. All right. Yes, that was fun. We'll do it again next week. Yeah, both of us got heated on that episode. I liked it. Maybe this I is fun. Yeah, maybe I won't get as heated on the next episode. Yeah, right. Well, <laughs> maybe because you won't be here for the next episode. But email us your your myths. Email Jenny, J-N-N-I at BermanWellness.com. Email Dr. Berman at BermanPT.com. And let us know what myths that you're hearing that you want to have debunked. Love it. Ciao for now. Subscribe. Thank you for subscribing on your social media and podcast platforms to The Berman Method. Dr. Jake Berman with Berman Physical Therapy and Jenny Berman, Physician Assistant with Berman Health and Wellness. You can find more information on our website, www.bermanpt.com for physical therapy, bermanpt.com forward slash wellness for the health and wellness. You can also find us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and on your podcast platform. So be sure to follow us, like us, subscribe to us. And if you would like any further information, definitely visit our website and reach out to us. You may also find our free reports on the websites as well, where you can download this free information for yourself. Have a great day.